0: All right, today we have Baron Quadro on the Buttoned Up Podcast, our first repeat guest, and I'm sure the first of many. Welcome to the Buttoned Up Podcast, Baron. Thanks for having me, guys. I wanted to start off with what I think is one of the coolest things currently in the like men's, in, in like, our space, but uh, Casey Neistat is wearing suits and ties in every video, and I love it.
1: I do too. I noticed that for his, his initial, um, his initial video for three, six, eight, his new, I guess, venture slash company. Um, I thought that was going to be like his initial video outfit and then he just kept wearing it. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Maybe that's going to be like a recurring theme throughout all the videos, but I like
0: it. Yeah. Cause he changed in the one video where he did the, um, make a wish thing with the guy, but then he changed right back into the suit. And I think it looks great as his new like uniform, and, uh, I think that might create a resurgence amongst the, his young audience. Cause I know there's a lot of young guys that follow everything he does.
1: Yeah. I, I don't really have time to filter through his comments, but I'm kind of curious if anyone's asking like, Oh, what's up with the suit and tie? Are you going to be wearing this the whole time? Or I'm kind of curious what they think about it.
2: Uh, the, the suit has a very like reservoir dogs uh, feel to it, but he also like he's skateboarding around, like he's like doing a lot of like athletic stuff. So I kind of wonder if it's some sort of performance uh brand
1: oh that's interesting i also like how it's a very sort of rumpled aesthetic it's not super polished or you know it's not that sharp uh you know in terms of what we would consider like a sharp suit it's kind of wrinkled and stuff uh his collar is not perfectly flattened and all that but i think it really fits his vibe and you know kind of what he does he's very active he's always running around and i kind of like it it's very like it's rough and tumble but i think it really fits him
0: yeah, plus he's got it with the Yeezys on, so he's he's full rakish refined. You know, the first time I ever discovered Casey Neistat was um his campaign
1: he did with J. Crew. Do you guys remember that video he did? So uh the first time he ever the first time he came onto my radar at least was I I was a big fan of J. Crew, especially back in the day, like oh eight, oh nine. Um and he did a he did a video very similar to the ones he did with Nike and all these other brands that he works with. They basically gave him free reign, and he did a video uh, basically promoting the. I think it was the it was the Ludlow suit, but I don't know if it was like the active, the more stretchy Ludlow suit or whatever. But just the fact that he did a campaign with J Crew, I thought was really cool. He was like skateboarding through the aisles of a plane, and the the suit kept changing. Um,
0: it's a pretty cool video. You guys can check it out.
1: It's on his his channel.
0: Uh, now I remember seeing shots of that because. Ah, that's right. On this, that was the first time that I noticed how much he was into skateboarding.
1: And yeah, I, I just liked how he kind of approached. You know, J. Crew sort of, you know, J. Crew J. Crew, and then he kind of came with his own style. And I really, I could appreciate that. And then that's when I was like, "Who is this dude?" And I started following everything he does. And like, I don't know, he's just a really cool. I, I just like everything he does. So I'm have kind of a big fan.
2: Yeah, I like how he applies, that he applies the same like uh kind of irreverence to his clothes as he does like his watches and his skateboards and his cameras like the the fact that he's wearing a suit doesn't change at all how he moves around or like what he's doing throughout the day. Like he would he'd probably like jump in the Hudson with the suit on. like he just doesn't care.
1: right. And I think it speaks really <laughs> well too, to um how I feel like so I feel like a lot of guys too are when they start dressing well or or they they start to care about more about their appearance. I feel like they become a little too precious with the stuff that they wear. And I think Casey's a good example of like, dude, just throw it on and go on about your day. kind of like that. I don't care aesthetic, but still he's, he's, uh, he's cares enough to, to put on the tie, right. And to put on the sport coat, I feel like guys, uh, sometimes can care a little bit too much about how perfect everything has to be, but sometimes it just looks good if you just throw it on and, uh, and go about your day, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's why I feel at least.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, uh, so have you ever seen him in, in New York? Although I think you're you're kind of in a different neighborhood, but...
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't seen him um, in person, but uh, I know people who work in the same building he works in. So he basically works uh, downtown, I guess, Tribeca area. Um, and so it's just an office building, but they rent it out to a few other like creatives, designers and stuff. And I have friends of friends who work in the same building. And I mean, when you're downtown, he's just sort of all over the place. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see him one day.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking like being up there. So now he's got this new studio space and this new concept three, six, eight, uh, it's probably, I mean, I know there's like a ton of people probably dying to collaborate, but it seems like it's going to be easier than ever to maybe get in that space and get in that circle a little bit, possibly even collaborate.
1: Yeah. I'm really psyched about it. Like just the idea of like this, first of all, the space is huge and New York is one of those places where if you, it's really hard to do anything because there's just simply no space. But the fact that this has multiple floors and it's like dedicated to, creatives and um creators and being creative uh i think it's just really cool and what it sounds like is that he's it's going to be sort of almost open to creators of all types no matter what you want to do whether it's video or podcasting or whatever uh and i think i I just think that's really cool and i'm
0: excited to see sort of how it gets built up and and what comes from it so baron you got to dig through your network a little bit so that we can all get to his space but also They have that creator space, the YouTube creator space in New York. Have you utilized that at all? Because I know you're now focusing on YouTube even more.
1: I know I haven't. Um, I want to. Uh, So I think there's actually a, uh, you have to break like 10K subscribers. I'm close, uh, but you have to break 10K subscribers to start using the space. Um, But there are a few, I don't know, there's a, I think there's more than one. I'm not sure, but there's definitely a big one uh, over on the West side. I think it's where their headquarters is um, or around there somewhere. Uh, but I uh, my friend Benny from um, I don't know if you guys know the site fluent in three months he teaches like language learning uh, he he uses the space a lot and he like totally loves it and uh, I've seen a bunch of guys go in there I know Thomas, Frank. I don't know if you guys know him, College Info Geek on YouTube. He, uh, he visited the space too when he was out here. Um, and just I know a bunch of guys who've gone through there. I haven't had a chance myself to film, but it seems really cool. Uh, this
0: They have all these different rooms. It, it seems like an awesome space to, to do some cool stuff. So everybody listening needs to make sure they're subscribed to tip you over to the 10k point.
1: Yeah, please
0: do. <laughs> I know. I wanted to get out there because I, I end up in New York almost every month for work, but I can never get like an afternoon to get over there and, and even just check it out because uh to have that space seems like i mean even just the energy in the building i think that's what he's trying to capture at 368 is just like creative people coming together use this space for xyz uh but i'm really curious to see too what came out of the you know i know he met with jack conti mm-hmm. for uh, patreon and i like i support a couple of guys on patreon i think that's a really cool model
1: i do too and i was like i was blown away by the video first of all that jack conti did um and i was like if this got my attention there, it's it's no surprise that um, it got the attention of a lot of other people and eventually got to Casey. And I thought that was cool how he did a, a 368 episode with him. And I'm really curious too what is going to come of that partnership because it's interesting how he, and you know obviously he has the means and resources at this point to rent a two or three story space in prime downtown location and not have a business model. And so I think it's really interesting to see like what's going to come of it with if he and Jack end up working together uh, and how they're going to sort of monetize the space and make it worth their while, you know?
0: So what are your grand plans this year for YouTube? Cause I know, I think last time we talked, you you had like the, the, a very big video, which was rolling your sleeves, but now it looks like you're starting to put out more regular content. Yeah,
1: that video is funny. I, I don't know. I didn't, it's not very good. Uh, it's actually pretty terrible, but it, it's been around for a few years. I think it just sort of got picked up by the algorithm at some point. Um, and it, yeah, I think it's like at 1.2 million views by now. Um, I think it's like four years old, maybe uh, five, maybe. Um, and so, you know, honestly, I don't have huge plans this year. Like I'm just trying to stay hyper-focused. My one goal this year is just to put out a video a week. I just, I told all the guys, like I wanted, uh, the guys at Menfluential when I last saw all you guys, um, together was that I wanted to do a video a week and I know that if I just stay consistent and do that, then I will have, you know, at least 50 videos by the next time I see you guys. So that's really my only goal. And, um, other than that, I'm just listening to the viewers you know, hearing what they want and at the same time. I'm trying to bring over a lot of my list from Effortless Gent, the website, to come over and check out the videos. Because I think they're just more interactive. It's more fun. I can have more fun with it. It's easier to show the stuff I'm talking about versus, like, writing an article and then them having to figure that out on their own. Uh, and I just think it's it's just a more fun place to be. And um, I hope that I can sort of cross-pollinate the audiences because I know I'm finding a lot of people on YouTube that I that don't know that I have a website. Uh, So it's kind of nice to build a second audience at the same time, bring my, you know, my old audience from the website itself over to YouTube and hopefully kind of get both those groups together
2: onto the YouTube platform. That's my that's my main goal, at least this year.
1: I think so. I think it's, you know, slowly but surely. So I, I, as best I can, I try to create a article, a written article for the video I do. But if it, if there is, for example, an article that already exists, then I just use that article to, and I put the video in that article and then I promote the video itself to the email list. Uh, So, you know, I try to kind of keep it I want it to be, there to be a smooth transition for the guys who are still really used to reading stuff to be able to click over to video. Sometimes there's, I'm sure there's a little bit of resistance if they aren't used to watching videos. Um, but I feel like, you know, the more I do it, the more they'll just realize, Hey, it's the new normal. So I'm going to start watching this guy. Um, and as long as, you know, I, I'm also kind of transitioning the site itself. I don't want to, I don't want to um, clutter it with just a bunch of random articles. I want it to be, I'm trying to actually cut down on the articles I publish and I want it to be more concise, like a resource site that someone can come to and know exactly what they need to do. If they want to build a wardrobe from this, from the start, or if they want to get a specific kind of, you know, pair of Brown shoes or whatever their question might be, I want them to be able to find the answer right away and not have all this garbage that's blocking them. So uh, I guess part two of like my grand plans for this year would be to like cut down a lot of these shitty articles that I have floating around over the past eight, nine years that I've been doing this and just kind of get down to like the stuff that, uh, is really useful for the reader. And I'm hoping that, you know, to, I want to treat this more as a resource site and then to be, to have YouTube channel as, and maybe Instagram as like my more creative outlet where I can talk about more granular things that might be interesting of the moment. Uh, so that's kind of the direction I want to take the site and the channel as well. So we'll see how that goes. Talk to me again next year.
0: Well, and it seems like from that back catalog you've already built, I mean, you've you've got a rich library of content that could lend itself really well to video, so you should have no problem even just repurposing some of what you've already written as video content, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of my strategies is I'm taking basically the top – Um, you know, 25, 50 articles that are most trafficked and then seeing if there's something in there where I can create a video from it uh, or at least get ideas from it. So it's relatable. And then I can always put that video in the post itself. Uh, And yeah, I have over, I think I have uh, like 500 articles at this point written. Um, I recently deleted or redirected, I think 140 of them, just stuff I didn't really want on there anymore. I just redirected to other posts or to the homepage. So I'm slowly like cutting down on stuff and um the top you know 25 or 50 articles that get a ton of traffic i feel like there's a bunch of information there that could be used for video uh content so
0: that's yeah that's that's definitely part of my strategy and you did a video too on uh, hats recently and i know we're talking about like casey and his style and things i think hats are a little bit controversial because it's not really a modern thing but i think the way that you present them and the way that you style them is very modern and just i'm really curious to like dive into that a little bit
1: Thanks. Yeah. Um, I love hats. I just think they're, I just think they're a cool piece that people don't really utilize and I do get why, uh, like the uninitiated might look at it and be like, Oh, that's super costumey or that doesn't look good all the time or you look like you're trying too hard. I understand that. Um, but I think it's really a matter of getting used as, as the individual, it's a matter of getting used to wearing something that you're not used to and maybe that you don't see very often. So uh, I did, I did a video on it and I talked about how, um, when I first started getting into brimmed hats, I would, I would wear like these trilbies, which are like kind of these cheap to all the ones I found. They're like these cheap, like stingy brimmed pointed crown hats that are pretty ubiquitous. And you can kind of find them everywhere. Like you can probably go to Walmart and find a version of that. Uh, and I didn't know the difference back then. I just wanted a, a brimmed hat that I could try out. And then as I learned more about it and I tried and looked at different brands, um, I tried, you know, different models. I realized like, uh, this isn't really a, a style that looks the best on me. Um, so I'm going to try other things and I kind of skewed towards more of the classic wider brim fedora and they have different crown styles, things like that. So I just, the more you learn about something, the more interesting it gets, at least to me as a person who is interested in, you know, style and my own evolution of what I wear. And, um, yeah, I I do think that, you know, obviously they do get a bad rap. And like I said, people think it's costumey, but I think really what it is, is just a matter of One you have to like really like it and you have to have sort of confidence in wearing it Two, You have to kind of not care what other people say and if you just like it, you like it and you wear it Um, and I mean Yeah, I don't know. I just (laughs) I feel like people I feel like hats get a bad rap in general and people guys Especially in the u.s. Default to like the ball cap, which is fine Uh, But I think there's just so many other options out there and just because that it's not widely adopted doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong to wear
0: yeah, like um, I think uh, – I can't remember his first name. Ordoway from – he was on one of the panels at Medfluential, He wears like a traditional Scottish cap, and I think it looked so good on him. And I think maybe because we've been out of it for so long, then they're poised to make a comeback. But I don't know.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, like, that's another – that's a great example too, like the uh, the newsboy cap style that he was wearing. Um, also like those come in so many different cool like materials, fabrics. Like you can get you know, great tweeds and – Uh, even with, uh, fedoras, like, you know, obviously you can get them in, you can get like the standard Panama, like that's woven with straw. Um, they do have like straw fedoras they have. And, you know, they also obviously have the wools and all these things for winter. Um, and I don't know, there's just like so much you can do with that. And I, I don't really feel as comfortable wearing them with suits as I do with more casual things. I like the sort of high, low aesthetic. And I think that's, maybe that's why I feel like it's a strength of mine that I can put things together that you wouldn't normally see together. And, um, I think that's why at least to me I don't feel like it looks costumey. Maybe other people think that, but even if they did, I'm okay with it.
2: Yeah, I I agree that it's uh if if you do it, if you kind of cuz it's kind of a statement piece, so if you combine that with like a bunch of other accessories and like a really kind of like traditionally dapper outfit, that's when you can and I'm not saying it has to be like that, but that's when you can kind of run the risk of being more of like costumey. Um but but yeah, if if you keep it as like that's like your one thing, and maybe you have like one other accessory or something. I think it's fine, but it's interesting. I like you use that one example when you were talking about trilby versus uh, fedora, and you uh, showed a picture of like Don Draper wearing a hat that was like way too small for his frame and his head. And it's funny because you you see that and you're like, oh, it's Don Draper. Like, of course he looks good in a hat, but that was actually like the totally wrong hat for him.
1: Right, and uh, you know, obviously, I don't know. I'm not like super well versed in like period like I don't know what was super stylish in the 50s or 60s at the time maybe maybe stingy brim fedoras were super stylish uh, regardless of your of your you know your your body or your frame so maybe that's why his character was wearing it i have no idea i just know that like what what i know now that you you're going to want a wider brim for your frame if you're a wide, if you're a bigger dude uh, and I contrasted that with Sinatra in the video because Sinatra was a smaller dude. I think he was like 5'7". I think he was maybe 140. He was a really tiny guy. So he had narrower shoulders and everything. And uh, a stingier brim would look okay on him proportionately, you know, right? Just like narrower lapels would look better on him as well because he's a smaller guy. So, um, you know, I just think it kind of depends. And uh, with when it comes <laughs> back to Don... Uh, again, like I said, I don't know what the styles were at the time, but just looking at the photo of him, and if you understand the idea of proportion, it just looks weird how small that brim was in that photo uh, on his, on him, right? Uh, and I know you saw the video, so I, to me, I thought that looked weird.
2: Yeah, it did look weird, and, and it's funny because I, I think usually, and mostly just from personal experience, I always feel like hats are like too big, you know? And uh, same with like a lot of accessories. Like I think a lot of stuff are just kind of oversized. It's like the trend right now, watches, sunglasses, but it does look equally bad if it's too small for you, you know, it makes like, it made his head look like way too big. <laughs> so, but you know, obviously if you go to like a, a traditional hat shop or like someone who knows what they're doing, they're going to be able to find a hat that fits and flatters your frame.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: Well, we, uh, so since we had you on last time, we've added this new component somewhat recently, we just asked like a few rapid fire questions. So if you're up for it, I'm just going to fire off some like one word answer questions. sure i'll give it a shot they're pretty easy um okay oxfords or brogues i'll go with brogues okay loafers or sneakers Mm, usually loafers all right uh for style spring summer or fall winter fall
1: winter i would say especially with menswear because there's just so many more options right with layering so and
2: fabrics i agree (laughs) uh jeans or chinos uh jeans i'm a jeans guy Cool, cool. All right. So, if, if you're a fan of James Bond, which which actor is your favorite Bond? Oh man, um, no, no, that's that's cool. I actually like Pierce Brosnan. Everybody's like, oh, he's so lame. I, I think he, I think he looked like James Bond. You know,
1: he's pretty elegant. I agree. All right, all right. Um, let's yeah, take go a couple more. more. So, so, Notch lapels or Peak lapels. Oh man, uh, I typically go Notch, but I do love how Peak looks.
2: Okay, so you have kind of a mix. Yeah,
1: a little bit. I usually go with no, notch, so all. All. let's stick with that.
2: Okay. And then along those same lines, uh, Navy or charcoal for a suit or like Navy or gray. Gray. Okay, cool. And then last but not least, if you have, if you had to get pumped up in the morning during your morning shower, which song would you listen to? Oh
1: <laughs> uh, man, anything by Kelly Clarkson. That's a weird answer. I don't know. That's not <laughs> true. How, how did
2: we know? <laughs>
0: there you go. Since you've been gone. That's that's the jam. I, I love Daniel Craig, but Pierce, I don't know if Pierce is my guy because he looks so much like James Bond or I was such a fan of GoldenEye as a kid, but Pierce always comes to mind. But he has turned into seriously the most handsome old man i i think he should be number one on whatever list it is i followed him on instagram a few weeks ago and i've just been blown away at how handsome that guy has become
1: interesting i haven't actually
0: seen him lately he has this incredible like incredible head of hair he just shaved off this like big beard that he had but if you look through his instagram a little bit i mean that dude is he is aging like a fine scotch like <laughs> like a fine scotch he does look good i'm looking him up on my phone right now you're right
2: that's 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 how I wanna go, man. I was just like in Thomas Crown Fair, like I I remember seeing that movie back in the day, I think I was in high school, and I was just I don't know. Like I, I guess I associate him more with that movie, but it was so good, like the music and like the story. He was such a it was such good casting. So that's kind of a that's kind of I actually associate him more in that than James Bond.
0: So if we do a meetup in New York around the summertime, we should all go see Mamma Mia because he's that's his like star vehicle this year. Oh, no way. <laughs> Yeah, they're coming. They're bringing it back. Come on, Mia, too. Interesting. All right. Here we here we go again. Mandate it is. <laughs> yeah.
2: we we'll where wear our fedoras and our well, peak lapels.
0: <laughs> there we go. Well, Baron, we talked about that last time. We just had uh, Dan Trepanier from Articles of Style. We're going to get together like a New York meetup where we're going to get, uh, we're going to do it at their place, but we're going to try and get as many like East Coast creators as we can. So we're going to line it up. on Brock's out there. I'll be out there. Uh, Carl from New England Style Consulting. We're going to try and get like that group together. So. Anybody else that's in New York that's listening to this, once we have some dates, we'll share that out.
1: Yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be a good get together. He moved recently, right? To
0: was it Massachusetts or somewhere? Yeah, he moved up to Massachusetts mm-hmm. closer to Carl, actually. Oh, interesting. But then he but he still has an office out here. Yeah, he said he's down there pretty frequently.
1: Ah, okay.
2: Yeah, I think I think the rest of the team is still in New York. Yeah, you that's know, where like their showroom is and everything. So I think he stays down there like once a month.
1: You know, he was one of the first um, uh like qa sort of interviews i did on the site it's really funny i think back in like he probably doesn't even remember this this was like 2009 or 2008 something like that he's like the fifth article i wrote on the site uh we did like a random q a and uh yeah he's always been a nice guy i was kind of been interested in following what he does and um it's been a cool evolution to see what he's kind of gone through and then now doing physical product
0: it's pretty interesting well that was probably pre-articles of style then right was that still when he was fashion blogger
1: yeah it was called uh I think it was called the style blogger back then. Uh, I think that was the first name. He changed it three uh, twice, I think.
2: Yeah, it was style blogger and then TSB men. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, you know, articles of style. Yeah. yeah. So
1: this is back when he was literally just the style blogger.
2: <laughs> it's funny because ba- back then you could be the style blogger. <laughs> now it was like a million of them. <laughs> That's funny. Well, uh, anything else you're excited about uh, over the next couple months or really just head down grinding out the videos? Yeah, uh, pretty much
1: just grinding out. Um, And, you know, I mean, I'd love to hear. uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm always curious what. Cause you don't, know, you know, when you guys create stuff, you're sort of in an echo chamber, not echo chamber, but you're like in a silo of, okay, I'm, I'm putting stuff together and I hope this hits. You do your research obviously, but then you're never really sure. You kind of get feedback here and there. Um, do you guys feel by the way that you get good feedback from, you know, doing this podcast and what the audience wants to hear next?
2: I think that the people who listen to the podcast are probably like the, I'd say like the super fans kind of of like the channel of of either of our channels or both of our channels like they're the people who like watch like you know all the videos that come out like maybe they're a member of the Facebook group um so they're generally like pretty positive um so yeah I mean we get feedback but I'd say it's like it's pretty pretty good feedback i say like it's not like i don't know i haven't really learned anything like too critical about it um although we we did a survey once and and people basically said that they like the format of like kind of unscripted interviews with people like you so we're kind of running with that but but i hear you with the videos because you know you put a video out and like you just have you have no idea and i feel like if it's if it's not what people want to see you don't really hear about it it just doesn't really do as well you know
1: right i guess that's the indicator of what not to do next Um. um
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. It's funny. Like, I don't I don't know. I wish I could say I had more interesting plans. I just want to I'm excited to talk about to talk to you guys in a year from now and see like how far I've come and how far the channel has come. And, you know, I know you guys have been doing this longer than I have. So if you have any tips for me, I'd love to hear
2: them.
0: I was just telling uh, Carlos, who was down at Menfluential, that like he's he's very small and he's still like finding his voice. But I think you have so much opportunity to try different things while you're still building the audience. So like you already know what your primary focus is on in the menswear space. And, and your, you have your voice down, but you get to try out these different formats. And that's something that I'm trying to experiment with this year. Is like I built my channel as an unboxing, just opening stuff up and buying stuff. But now how do I evolve that now that I have – some amount of audience. But uh, like for you, Baron, it's like you've got this great library of content and you have so many opportunities to experiment because so much, and Brock and I have talked about this, is like getting this content to youtube sometimes the bottleneck is like either the writing or the concept or some of the execution like you've got all that stuff down now you're just working through the process of building into a video but then you can also take these like whole new ideas that can be then multi-purposed into video and then article photography for instagram and that type of thing and and i think um it was antonio was talking to pat flynn about this where it's like he'll create one piece of content and then he'll get like 10 it becomes 10 different uh pieces of content for him based on that one initial idea it's a podcast and it's a thing and like i think there's so much opportunity to to optimize the idea that you have and then spread that across all the different channels that your audience wants to hear from you on really
1: i like that yeah that's a good point like i that's a shortcoming of mine is like and i think also it has to do with us being like solo entrepreneur creatives like we're basically doing the work ourselves and I think like part of the the fault is like, you know, you come up with one thing, you do one video and you're like, okay, like I need a break. And then you kind of want to move on to like the next thing, but then you don't, you don't realize like, man, there's like a lot of other, other formats that you can sort of like put this piece of content into. Like you said, video, you could do a, an Instagram series with it. Probably you could probably clip up the, uh, chop up the video into clips and put them in, you know, put them somewhere. You could probably record, uh, the audio into a podcast, things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not that great at that. And that's something I need to work on. And that's a really good point. Um, like you said, there's just a bunch of content I have and seeing that in video form, but not only that, being able to put that into
0: other forms as well is something I need to work on for sure. Yeah. I do know. Brock's focusing on that now is he's got, he's meeting up with a photographer so the photographer can then become Instagram posts, but then also it can be used in video for things. And it's like just, just taking that to, to its next logical conclusion is is very exciting. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's all it's all about that you know original content. Like, how much original media and original content can you can you come out with? And obviously, you know, it's got to be high quality and helpful. But I think we're we're doing that. Um, but but I do think there's definitely room on YouTube uh, for you, Baron, to do like to take a lot of the stuff you've done on the website. That's like very practical, very like kind of laid back delivery, uh, just like how to stuff. Like why, like this color palette is a good starting point, or like why. These ten pieces are good good things to buy first. Like I feel like there's more and more on YouTube. There's like there's so much content and there's a lot of noise. But I think people would would really appreciate like more signal, you know, like more just kind of more more steak and less sizzle, I guess. And I think you have that on your site, and that could translate really well to YouTube.
1: Oh well, thanks. I like that, and yeah, that's kind of the that's the whole goal, at least I. I really want to sort of keep the same approach that I've had with, um, with style and, uh, the content I've done and sort of translate that into video form and and hopefully be more entertaining too. Cause I think that's like a big factor when, when you watch videos, you want to be entertained.
0: Um, and so that's sort of the, yeah, that's the goal for this year, man. Well, that's great. I don't want to wait until next year to talk to you, but we will check in with you again pretty soon here. And, uh, and Like I said, we'll share out once we get some details on the meetup in New York. So looking forward to that. And uh, effortlessgent.com, Instagram, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe so we can make sure we get Baron into the uh, YouTube space. But uh, <laughs> looking forward to catching up with you again soon, Baron. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And I'd love to come back on whenever you want me. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man. And we'll see you next week.